Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. In our fourth year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to Be Human. I'm your host, Mark Anthony Rossi, poet and playwright. As you know, and I always say this, it's never easy to get a hold of people for interviews. We got different schedules, you know, uh, and not to mention different time zones. And then, of course, uh, you, you add in uh, inflation, the pandemic, and people studying UFOs, and you, you got a real complicated schedule over here. But I've been fortunate. We're, we're reaching out with and having a wonderful interview here with. Uh, uh, Ralph uh, Greco Jr. Um, he is a, a speculative uh, fiction writer, and he's also going to be the guest editor of Grand Falloon. It's a, a wonderful new magazine that came out about a year and a half ago in Canada. So, I, and I've been fortunate, for full disclosure, to be published by them. They're, they're really a fantastic magazine. They really do it in a classy style. And I like that. I wish more would do that. But let's welcome uh, uh, Ralph Greco Jr. Ralph, thank you very much for being on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Hey, it's not easy in general, but then it's it's particularly difficult when you want to get a, a, anybody who's an editor for a magazine on the show. I cannot believe how many people either turn me down or it just doesn't work out or they, I don't know why they they turn shy. I got I got rough with one one time about a month ago. I don't mean to do that, but sometimes it just gets on my nerves. I'm like, mm-hmm. you got you got no problem turning on people. You got no problem sending people these, these soulless form letters, but then you can't talk about uh, uh, you, how what you do and, and what your process is on the show. So you know, I, I'm always, I always have a little thing about editors because I'm an editor of my own magazine and I I take it serious. And to me, uh, you, you know, if you're gonna pass all of this judgment, you you should be able to, to ready to talk about it. You know what what, oh, what, what what makes you tick? You know what's good, what's not good. I mean, if it's some secret thing, then what the hell is the point? That's just my opinion, you know? No, I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, the thing I, I – my pet peeve in general with, I guess, the world the way it is, is we have an ability to get get back to each other very easily, you know, by text or, or you know, uh, email or whatever. And I find that people go people don't get back to you or, or um, I, you know, I, I'll throw out a, a question to somebody that I need an answer on. I can't do the work any further without it. And I find that people don't don't take the time to get back to you. Sure, they'll they'll, they'll tweet and twat you about all these stupid things, you know, and uh, just, just all this idiot idiotic, mundane stuff of life that you're posting. But when you ask something substantive, people don't get back to you. And that, that's I would say that's the the biggest problem I have in in work in general. The way work is this, these days. So being an editor, I have to be um, what well, with this issue of Grand Falloon especially, I was being vigilant in getting back to the writers getting their their input getting their addresses whatever i needed from them because i thought that was just important the way it's just the way i want to be treated no it, may, it makes sense to me so i i often i think that uh editors out there um it, it's more of a title than it is a real task that, that they take seriously and you know in, in many cases uh it, it's one-sided and, and, it, and it shouldn't be I, i'm not saying you need to be having like you know, a seminar with somebody about uh, the fifth line on their poem. 
But uh, mm-hmm. you know, you you need to be able to to be more accountable than just uh, I don't like it and have a good day. <laughs> well, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, I, I think you know I'm also a I'm a, I'm a reviewer too in a couple of places, and I, and I always say I'm not a critic. I'm a reviewer, and I think there's a there's a major distinction. Uh, you have to respect the fact that people are going out of their way to create something, you know, um, and if it, if it fits in the, in the situation you're writing for, editing for, that's great. If it doesn't, but I mean, there's a, there's ways to, to be respectful of people in general. I, I don't see why it wouldn't be. And uh, I think when you're handling people's work, I think you need, even if you need to be, you know, sometimes you have to be a little cutthroat maybe, you know, doesn't something doesn't make the cut for whatever it is. Uh, or you or you want to make some changes and you have to see if they could make the changes or whatever. I think you just have to you have to lead with just uh, the way you want to be treated. Why wouldn't you treat somebody else the same way? I, I don't understand why we just don't have the patience for that. But uh, I, then again, that's a question I've been asking myself a long time. Why we don't have the patience to treat each other nicely is something you know we you could have podcasts forever about that stuff. Oh uh, yeah, well I I do and uh, I I have a lot of standalone episodes over here. I have a huge mm-hmm. a huge catalog over 200 episodes and it it's a very frequent uh, part of of my shows to remind people that if we want to be writers, then the, the first thing we have to do is we need to be stepping uh, not only aside to the average person on the street, but in many ways we should have a higher standard about what we do. If we're just going to bow to a mob uh, of whatever is being said out there, then we don't separate ourselves from, from other folks. How the hell can you be a, a, a writer then if you sound like the guy that's on the news or the, the girl down the street or, you know, the, 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 the moron with a gun? So mm-hmm. if you can't be separate or if you don't want to be separate, I don't know how you could be an artist because you need to be in order to be able to, to accomplish that. Yeah, I, I think it's a matter of like – I don't know what whatever you do, whatever you consider your art, and I think everything that anything could be an art. You know, just don't, you don't have to just paint a picture or write a poem. I think you know you can plant flowers and that's artful. Whatever speaks to your heart is art, and and I think that since that's all important to each person has that that thing and it's important to them, that I think that you go out in the world and you just I'm not saying be you know um, I don't know be a Pollyanna or but go out in the world and, and just take in and, and, and experience stuff and, and then set yourself your own little, your own little spot in your head or your, or your basement or whatever it is and, and do your thing. And, and I think that it's just that when, when we go out in the world and try to sell the thing, that's when you, you, you know, it becomes difficult. And the people that get in between that, like an editor or a publisher or, you know, the, the A&R person at a, at a, at a you know, or, or a director of a, of a play, those people, I believe should be respecting th- what's coming in as much as the person who's giving them the thing. So I think I think it's just a normal normal um, level of everybody just trying to get along and make the thing what it's going to be, you know. And and I, I don't see why I, it's really not difficult. It's not it's not brain surgery if you just take a breath and realize, okay, we're just all everybody's got their thing and everything everybody's thing is important to each person. So just chill out and everybody will get along. But it's when we and our ego gets in the way, of course, then you know things get a little wacky, of course. You know. So I, I see that you were contributing to uh, to Grand Falloon for a while. I'm, I'm sure other publications as well. But how mm-hmm. how did it get to where they invited you to be an editor, particularly uh, when we're talking about uh, speculative fiction and maybe even with an erotic twist? 
Well, I think what happened with Grant Falloon was, um, if I'm not mistaken, I I either began contributing for the for the first jump for the first issue or at least very early on, and I I believe everything I contributed contributed <laughs> was of an erotic speculative nature because I tend to write that kind of stuff, uh, that cross genre stuff. So. After they published two or three of my things, um, they I got a, I got um, got contacted by them, and they said, you know, we're thinking of maybe doing a um, kind of a naughty erotic um, speculative issue in the in the summer, which would be this coming up now. And they said, would you be interested in editing it because you seem to be the guy that that works in that field? And I said, sure. And then because of a couple other connections I have, I got to put a call out fiction. And got the press, you know, a little bit of press on it. So I thought I was the go-to guy because of just basically my background. Gotcha. Well, I don't really see a lot of that particular erotic twist in a, in a lot of fiction these days, mainly because, mm-hmm. and maybe people have a different definition of, of erotica, but my erotica definition is, you know, it's not too graphic and it doesn't go too far. You know, because as a, as a writer, I mean, we, we we could see that sort of stuff on Showtime or, or HBO. I mean, why do I want to read that? I could just go watch that. So, yeah, if I want to see someone, uh, you know, write something like that, you know, I I want to see them to have a, you know, a, a certain uh, a spin to it that 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 that's revealing and exciting, but also that has some taste and some class to it too. Because, you know, a great majority of the people we deal with in these publications and in writing in general. Uh, they tend to be women, so they're, they're not exactly going to be jumping up and down if you're, you know, if you're having sex with 87 women in, you know, in a three-page uh, p- piece of fiction. It's not like they're not exactly going to be thrilled about that. And I don't mean that in a politically correct sense. I just mean that in the, in the sense of you, you still got to know something about your audience, and you still got to be able to come to a, a, a communicative sense that you know that's going to connect with people, and that's not always going to connect when when people go too far. You know, even with my publication, Aerial Chart. I have to turn out a lot of that stuff because people they, they get way too carried away. Yeah, well, I, I guess every there's a time first of all the time and place for everything, right? And certain publications are open to uh, very niche content. I, I I write a lot of straight ahead erotica that's that's not genre related. So um, and a lot of that stuff is niche. You know, we need specifically we need this or we need that or that. And then there is a lot of uh, there's a market for pornography and, and that's fine too. Um, I think with the cross genre stuff, with the speculative erotica, um, it tends to be a little bit more, more nuanced because there's more there's more to the element. You know, there's there's an erotic element and then there's a, you know, a science fiction or a fantasy or a horror element. So it's a little bit more nuanced and layered than say straight erotica. What I don't know what we could consider straight erotica or pornography. So it's a little bit uh, has a little bit of different maybe a little bit more layers to it. It uh, doesn't mean it's better or worse. It's just this is what it is in this instance. That's all. Well, I kind of I kind of like that more. I wish I got more of that sort of stuff sent over to uh, my uh, literary journal, Aerial Chart, because, like I said, I get too much of the other stuff, and, and it's just not, mm-hmm. it's not really helpful. I even mm-hmm. I even put it in the guidelines. Listen, you know, if it's really graphic, it's just probably not the place to be sending it to because, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I have like over 70 percent of the people in the audience of my publication are women. So they're not going to be thrilled about something like that. So you got to kind of keep that in mind. 
and uh, I don't get as much as that nuance. But I, I know that there's there's a, a market out there. I also know that a lot of women that read my publication they wouldn't mind that. Uh, I, I just don't get a lot of that. So I'm I'm glad that you're doing yeah. that, and I'm glad that they're going to be having a, a publication with Grant Falloon where you're going to have some of that at least in there. Yeah, well, the the Grant the, the uh, you you know you said this at the top of the uh, of the show. Uh, Grant Falloon happens to be one of those. Uh, publications because it's digest form it's like an old pulp magazine in that way and mm -hmm. that's kind of why i got turned on to it and i got my buddy involved um this guy that i write uh i write a children's series with he's the illustrator and he's also the creator of the series and i'm the writer and so i got him involved to do the cover and some artwork inside which is cool because he doesn't he doesn't usually do that kind of stuff so um, the Grant, Grant Falloon has a great visual sense. That's what I, I just I was trying to get to. Grant, Grant Falloon has a great visual sense. It, it looks good. It reads. You know, you can hold it in your hands. And uh, I like I not only because they published me, but I like the other writers in it. Um, I think they t they do a, a, a very good job. So I'm very proud to be part of it. Really, and and working on this issue was was one of the was really a, a lot of fun. I got to say, it was really a lot of fun. Well, I'm definitely uh, glad to hear about it, and I was so happy when uh, when the gentleman uh, reached out to me about it because I, I had asked him about a year ago to try to do an mm -hmm. interview with uh, with somebody over there about uh, what they were doing. But you know, quite frankly, and we laughed about it later. But you know, some publications don't even last a year, so you know. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, no kidding. I'm like no, a year later, true. going, "Oh my God, are they still there?" But I knew they were. It's but incredible. I, I still, it, you yeah. laugh, you laugh about that because. No, but you it's know? true. It's very true. I mean, you know, you, you you and I both know this. You know, being in the writing game, you know, you could you could be sending to somebody and they're they're publishing, they get a couple issues out, or or a theater could be open, and uh, six months later that theater is gone. So yeah, it, I, it I see it happen all the time. Yeah, I see it all the time. Yeah, sometimes I laugh. I'm like, really, you re you're rejecting me? Let's see if you're still around in a year, because there's a good chance uh, that this piece is going to be someplace else published, and you won't even be there. And a lot yeah. of times that's the case. It happens all the time, and and that's why, um, that's why we say all the time, uh, you know, you can't burn a bridge, right? Because you don't know where somebody's going to end up at the end of the day, and they're 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 somewhere else. And so I'm always, I mean, I'm a nice person, I think, to begin with, but I I always uh, err on the side of never burning a bridge because you don't you don't know who's going to close up shop somewhere and go somewhere else, and then you send a story over there or you try to get a theater piece up over there, you know. So you don't know. It's just, it's a matter of um, it's a very difficult market though. Fiction is especially difficult, and then the more niche it is, it's even more difficult to get it published. So um, with these guys, uh, Grand Falloon with, with Albert and Fiona, um, you know, they started what I think is a great little magazine, and uh, I and I I'm just thrilled to be part of it. Like I said. Yeah, I was uh, I was I uh, had a fiction piece uh, picked up on the on their very first. Uh, you know, issue. So it was, mm -hmm. it was just mm -hmm. wonderful to talk with them and, and and see what they were doing and yeah and 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 how they how they treated the writers was particularly I, I thought um uh remember I remembered it like distinctly. It's like yeah because you deal with so many publications and you, people don't even have the I don't know if not decency that the time to even say anything. Even when they accept your work, they don't really have anything to say. Oh, so know, it's am it's amazing when you get something accepted and then you have somebody like Albert giving you two paragraphs of why you liked it so much. I'm like, yeah, wow. Yeah. I'm like, wow. He's great. They're very sweet that way. I mean, very complimentary. Have always been complimentary from the beginning. And then when I started to work with them, they 
have been nicer. I mean, you know, um, because I'm the guest editor and I, I know this material better than they do. Um, you know, they, they defer to me all the time and, and I'm the, I don't, you know, I, I'm the last guy I have to defer to, you know, I, I want to get in the, I want to get in the trenches and work it out. So, but they're, they're very sweet to me at all times. And, and I, 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 I really can't say enough about them. The issue is going to be amazing. We have some great, great writers in that issue and, uh, some really cool, it's a wide variety of erotic speculative stuff. There's poems, there's, uh, essays, there's fiction, long fiction, short fiction, and there's artwork. I mean, it's just going to be, it's going to be a really great issue. Really. I, I have no, I have no doubt those, those people, they yeah. put out, they put out quality every single they time. Do. They really do. They do. Now, mm-hmm. For for the audience's sake, well, my sake too. What am I saying here? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> g- give me an example of, of one of your pieces that include all these things we're talking about. And I'm not saying you need to give away the farm here, but you know, give us a good example of of what a speculative uh, speculative piece uh, with some some erotica would be uh, like. You know, well, a it's funny. Description it's about some, it. Well, sometimes you know, it's just it's just that you know. And other times, what I try to do, if I could put a satirical bit, bent to it. That that if it's gonna be satire, erotica, and speculative or fantasist, um, then I'm really happy. And I think that one of the pieces I did, I did uh, publish for Grand Falloon, was a piece where um, about about uh, took place just a little bit in the future where we have found uh, a, amongst the a human race people who had the ability to manipulate minds. And we call them size, and they're used for different reasons. And this one side was going around giving concerts, more or less, to, to women, and uh, you know, massive, big concerts to women, and have and bringing them to orgasm, with, just with his mind. <laughs> and then, and then this other group was against them. You know, they didn't want this to happen. They were like a, a, a very staunch religious group. But we find out they have their own side. So they they kind of meet up on. A, it's kind of like a, a western. They meet up on, on a. On a on a, a, a black cop in, in New Jersey, actually, where I live. And uh, and then there's a little bit th- more things ensue from there. But it's, it's so it's satire and it's erotica and it's fantasy. So I try to put it all together, you know. So that that's an example of one of the stories that they actually they published last time. And I think that was the story that turned them on to think, hey, maybe we can get Ralph to do this issue. Okay. All right. Well, that makes some yeah. sense now. And I, I appreciate that better description of it. When he had first mentioned it, all I can think about was the one guy that sent me the gay alien story, which I had to reject because it was just too graphic. And, and not mm-hmm. to mention he couldn't answer my questions. I'm like, let me get this straight here. The spaceship of gay aliens travel like five trillion miles, and all they want to do is have sex with guys on Earth. They, they can't have sex mm-hmm. with gay aliens on their planet? I don't understand the story. You know, so <laughs> I, I was, I'm wondering. And I kept saying, oh, that's a, is this a gay alien thing or what's going on? And then he gave me a better idea. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know, it's like a club, you know, you you meet everybody that you've seen in the area, you want to go to a different planet, I guess, but uh, uh <laughs> they must yeah, be they I, must be done with their planet. We got to go somewhere well, else. Well, yeah, you know, like guys look the same. Let's go somewhere else, you know, but um yeah, I I think that those kind of, what you just described is the kind of the thing where where that the writer and I I being a writer, you know this, you start to extrapolate an idea. You're like, "What if this?" And that's where you come up with the idea, right? What if and I, you know, you got to, I get this idea ruminating in my head. So that's probably what was this guy's idea. What if uh, gay aliens figure we're not we're not getting a, enough of a variety here? Let's go let's go to Earth, you know. So <laughs> that's probably how that happened, you know. 
Yeah, I, I got. I, if it wasn't so graphic, I might have actually just went with it because it's right, you know, right. interesting enough. But you know, he was getting carried away. I'm like, <laughs> are you serious here? No, no, no weapon tra- transfer technology here. No cure to the right, cancer. Right. Just, just gay alien sex. Nah, I don't, right, I don't, right. I don't think so. It doesn't right, make it doesn't right. make a lot of practical sense. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Yeah, and again, you know, it, it's your it's your publication, so you know the parameters of what you're interested in in publishing, and that's. That I mean, when they, when Grant Fulham came to me about it, uh, I, they were reliant on my sensibilities. You know what what worked for me, and I have a pretty wide palette of what I'm interested in. So I don't know if I even specifically rejected what we had, other than I think I wanted to see how it worked as a whole. That was the thing I wanted to you know wanted to give a good variety and have a kind of feeling where it kind of all worked as a whole. You know, you pick up the magazine. And it all feels like it has a has a cohesiveness to it, you know, um, not just erotica. So I think that was the, that was the main thing they wanted from me. And also, I knew I know the genre. So I think that was one of the big things, you know, is this is this your first time wearing the editor's hat or have you done that before? Oh, I did it before. I don't know if the book ever came out. I mean, we were just talking about this, right? People that. Uh, kind of fold up, you know. I, yeah, I was yeah. I, I edited a book of science fiction. Oh, I don't know. No, it wasn't. I don't know if it was maybe an erotic, straight erotica book. I think, and or and that I don't think saw the light of day. Uh, so, but this is the first one. I I can emphatically say this is the first one I've done that actually is going to be published. You know, <laughs> I think it. there was one or two others, but didn't happen. You know. Yeah, unfortunately that does happen. I understand. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. It is, you know, it's the world. It's the world we, you know, we are in. You know, um, not just the world. It's just the publishing in general. Is it's never a guarantee. You never know what's going to happen. You know. So. No, no, you don't. And uh, yeah. And and I'm I'm okay with that in the end because it's not like they're they're all drying up and we don't got nothing left. I mean, for the maybe hundreds that. You know, fold in a year or less. You're gonna have hundreds that are gonna come up uh, new again to, you know, to fill in that. So that's a good thing. There's still mm-hmm. yeah. other people always trying to uh, step forward and do something. And you know, the, the ones that can figure out, you know, the how to do this. Uh, and and it's not just a, the work of doing it. It's it's really the, you know, the the vision and the patience, and maybe even sometimes yeah. the stomach for it. Because most <laughs> of the times, right. the people who are editors on a regular basis. Like myself, you know, I have that magazine and I have this show as well. Are also writers, so you have to also, you know, intrude on your own stuff in order to be able to do this. True, true, and I, I you know, like with, with the over at Grand Falloon, I mean, it it also had. It's not like the publication's been around for decades, so you know they they're still they're still uh, learning things along the way as well, you know. Um, but the, the good thing about them is that they. They have this great ability to 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 die to to you know uh, digest you know to, to take things in and, and think about it and and maybe change it for next time or whatever it is. But they're very open to that kind of thing and uh, and and then they, you know they have the online concern with it as well. So they have a way to sell the magazine, quote unquote, to sell the magazine in other different different ways. Which like you're kind of intimating here that you know, we all have to try to, there's a lot of different ways now to, to, to get things out there and, and seen. And there's a, a new publications coming up all the time because 
online, all of a sudden these things are snapping up, good or bad. I'm not saying it's all good, but um, there is a lot of opportunity, and you just got to find the place that works for you and the stuff you like. Yeah, it really is that uh, that simple, and uh, that's why I tell people don't don't lose heart. You know, if you got some place yeah, that, that yeah, closes sure. down, even if you love it, because you'll you'll find others, and, and they're always going to be. And, and yeah. to me, that's that's what tells me anyway that you know that art's still alive. And I think sometimes we um, we get a little down on ourselves, or maybe even down on art when uh, we confuse it with. The commercial nonsense of what's being streamed, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? They got, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's like 87, 87 shows on Bigfoot. They even got Baby Bigfoot now, but uh, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you're not gonna get too many biopics on, you know, Edgar Allan Poe or, you know, what, what, what was going on with Herman Melville's mind on Moby's Dick or something like that. Right, no, right. but you, you're you're still gonna you're still gonna have things that's out there. You just can't confuse it with that sort of stuff because that stuff. It's made to be temporary. You know, what I mean, it's 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 like a Big Mac. You know, it's it's it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not an eternal vitamin in your body. You're gonna poop it out tomorrow. You know. Well, yeah. There's always been there's always a level of what what you consider pop. You know, the stuff that is populist entertainment, and and, and you you just you're, you're saying very a very true thing. You know, you, there's a ton of things streaming that you have millions of places to find content now and have a good time and enjoy it, whatever. And, and then there's other stuff. That has a little bit more complexity, and uh, and and the the world is open for all that stuff, I think, and all that stuff serves a purpose. I, I, so, I, I think that you know we we have an ability to reach out to all that to all it and make decisions too that we don't want. You know, you could you could with a with a click of a mouse or click of your remote control, you, you can be onto something else very quickly, or walk into a bookstore and say, or an ebook store, whatever. So there's a lot of stuff out there. Whether it's good or bad, whether it whether it really interests you or not, but there's a lot of places to find a lot of stuff, and sometimes that opens you up to other stuff, which is great. You know, you go down a rabbit hole somewhere else. So, um, I, I just glad I'm glad that there's opportunities like Grant Falloon for writers and editors like me and artists like my friend Joe and all these other great people that are involved because it's it's one of those um, it's you know it's a medium. Like a digest-sized magazine is something you don't see so, to, all that often now, and uh, I think the quality of the magazine is such that um, it, it really makes a difference. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, I, we got a couple. I think like maybe a month until it comes out, so I'm just chomping at the bit. You know? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely uh, excited as well to see what kind of direction yeah. this is going to go into, and I'm just yeah. so glad that they have. A really open, uh, uh, not only mind to uh, you know, to take it in another direction, but also uh, this is what the exploration of literature is, in, in my opinion. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's nothing wrong with a magazine being helmed by somebody that says, I just want to do this and that's that. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I, yeah. I just want to publish stuff about purple ducks and I don't want to hear anything about right, anything right. else. And, then, and right. there's also nothing wrong with somebody saying, you know, for this issue, I want to change it and go do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, that's what it's about, isn't it? I mean, that you know, um, it, and and it's funny you say that because you know something as crazy as Purple Ducks. Well, there are those people that start a magazine, you know, and, and people like no one's ever going to buy a magazine about Purple Ducks, and that magazine becomes you know as big as anything else. So you don't know what's out there, what people have the interest for. You just have to just 
you know, just have to rely on your own instincts. And I guess in this instance, uh, the, the powers that be said, well, we're going to we're going to go with an erotica issue, a speculative erotica issue, because we know the speculative, you know, science fiction, horror and fantasy has dovetailed with erotica very often. And we have this guy we know now who's published a couple of stories with us who's in that field. So maybe maybe we can make something. And that's that's just I don't think I don't think the thought process went any deeper than that, you know. And that, that's really all you need to do. You'd be surprised on how few editors are even willing to do that. They're not willing to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to go beyond uh, whatever they've set out before or they simply not true. go beyond whatever box they put themselves in. Very true. You know, Very and, true. And, and I'm not saying that's to criticize them because it, no, if, they have, if they have a certain path and they want to stick with that, that has to be admired too. So I'm all right. With, I'm all right with that. But Absolutely, I agree. If, if you're I looking agree. at a, a span of a thousand magazines and they're all doing that, that that means that you, you're not getting so many people that are doing with what Grant Falloon's doing. That that's really what I'm saying. I I tend to agree with you. I think that uh, I, I'm always interested across the board, even if the thing doesn't speak to me specifically, or even if the thing fails in whatever way you want to say that. But if you give it a shot, it's unique. Because okay, whatever. You don't know I mean uh, at least. At least it was interesting. It wasn't like everything else that's out there, and and you know you, you you believed in it, and that's all you could ask for, really. Well, I got things. No, no, no problem with that. You know, yeah. when when I was reading a little bit of, uh, about you, and I don't, Uh-oh. I don't, I don't mean to make this a joke or anything, but it it took no. me, it took me back when I'm reading about speculative fiction and erotica and all of that. Yep. And then it, and it ends with uh, I'm also the writer of a children's book series because yeah, yeah. normally when people are, are writing uh, erotica on a regular basis, they're not normally writing anything about children's literature. So how, <laughs> how did that work out? Well, you know, it's funny. Yeah, because I, we were talking about erotica. I also write pornography. I mean, like I, I work for I work for Xbiz, which is one of the biggest uh, companies about porn in, in the, you know, the, I write press releases for them and articles for them so yeah my 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 range is quite diverse uh with the children's stuff i've always been interested in children's literature in comics and uh cartoons and uh i i would i had a children's band i had three-piece band that did children's music for a while and in that band was my buddy from high school uh he's a drummer and a percussionist and he's also an illustrator and he was working on a series for years he's a he's an illustrator and I haven't seen the guy maybe 25 years went by and we just hooked up again for four years ago and like, you know, got a, got on, got on like a house on fire, like no time had passed. And he, in the interim, we had been working on his art. I had become a professional writer. He can't write. So we started this thing and all of a sudden it become, we have, four, we have 14 books out now. So, um, you know, self-published, looking for a publisher, but it, it, that's how it happens. But I think if I'm not mistaken, most adults have a wide variety of interests and to think that you can write pornography and you could also write children's stuff. I know it sounds a little strange in, you know, out there when you say that, but if you really deep down, think about the things you're interested in, you probably have a wide variety of interests as well. And I think everybody does. And I think sexuality is part of it. So it's not unusual to think we, we, you know, we think about that. That's fine. But uh, you just know where the twain don't meet. You know, you understand what you're doing at the time you're doing it. I've written books for dentists. 
you know, I'm not putting uh, robot sex in the dentist book. So, you know, you kind of got to know where, where you're at, you know, gotcha. um, but that's all. I just it's just a, like anybody else. I have a wide variety of interests. That's all. You know, what I what I don't understand and maybe you can explain a little bit is I always felt that erotic or even sexuality or maybe even pornography to a certain extent has a certain finite, you know, like quality to it. I mean, if you're writing a press release about something, I mean, how the hell do you say fresh and creative? Yeah, she's taking it diagonally now on the 58th degree. <laughs> what the hell? I mean, I don't, I don't get it. That's what I'm Well, gonna... it's, you know, it's not, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what they say all the time. It's like, well, how many different things are you going to see, <laughs> uh, you know, like after a while? And, and you know, just do, what you know, what, what happens and what comes in and you think about it and, yeah, it, it, it there are some different approaches, and and nowadays because of technology, you have a you have a way to, to to approach things a little bit differently than we had before. But it is in the end of the day, it's just a it is this not the same acts, but it is about the same thing. So you have to be a little bit creative, I guess, in in the way you describe things, or and also you have to be. Um, specific as far as what the press release is about you know if any press release get to the meat of the story and then also with with something like xbiz they have certain parameters certain words you can't use anymore and that's because certain uh the way the climate of of the of the world is now culturally you have to be very careful what you say um so we also have to be even careful in the pornography world which is interesting to think about it but the language we use we have to be careful you know so yeah. it's a little bit. It's a little bit. It's a little bit of a dance. That that does sound unusual because I'm sure the average person is saying, "What? You have rules in pornography?" Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We well in 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 the written word in the, in the press releases and what what comes what's being put on the site. Yeah, we have to be very careful. It's funny because I often you know I'm I'm a little older and I bristle against a lot of the you know what, what's happening now as far as you know whatever the, the cautions and all these things, but. I find it strange in the world of pornography, like like you're saying, that we be careful because if in any world things are you know things are a bit ribald and uh, naughty and we don't care about words all so much, it would be in that world. But you find in that world even in the press release we're not using certain words. Not and I'm not talking dirty words. I'm just talking emotive words or words that have any kind of that that speak to ethnicity or any culture cultural thing. You have to be very careful. And I, I'm like. But everybody knows this is a fantasy. Everybody understands what we're writing about. But you know, this is the way it is. Yeah, the, the world, the way. I could, this, I know. could definitely see some humor in all this because uh, it is, oh. it is beyond what I would have expected. Hey, uh, it's kooky. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, uh, Jim, when you when you describe that artificial penis powered by the solar cells, you got to be careful right. not to hurt someone's feelings. No I mean, what the hell? I, I, that you know, you say that, but like in fiction, you can do whatever you want. But when it comes to like a press release. Um, the two things you have to do is, first of all, you know, you got to get the story out and quickly and done, right? It's a press release about something that's happening. Make it interesting. But the third thing is, yeah, well, if the work, if any kind of, if it's a, a movie about young girls, you know, and we're talking over 18, of course, but you have to be careful what words you use there because you can't have anybody for a second think you're thinking you're, you're saying something else. And, you know, usually these cautions are just ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. Because <laughs> this is pornography. We know what we're talking about. But, you know, people just, people just, uh, nowadays, the climate is so 
skittish about anything. You just got to be careful what you do and say. You know, that's again why I'm so thrilled about Grand Falloon because it's wide open. We're we're saying a lot of kooky fun stuff, and maybe someone will be offended by some of it. I don't understand how you would be, <laughs> but but it it's happens. but we have to but we have the disclaimer anyway. Look, don't pick this up if you don't like dirty material. You know, but it's it's a lot of fun in there, and there's a lot of uh, you know downright naughty stuff, and it's you know planetary and creatures, and it's that's why I like it because it's got it. It's got that kind of like breath of fresh air to it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I like I like I like that too. But it, it is certainly a a funny topic to talk about because yeah, it, 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 by having all of these um, restrictions and and all of these uh, cautions and all anything else, even in pornography, it, it does sort of break down our stereotypes of what people expected from pornography, even if it's a, a press relief or, or writing in general. They were expecting, yeah, yeah. you know, some big, crazy, chaotic thing, and, and actually it's it's probably a little bit more programmed than we realize. Yeah, it's I mean, it's out there. There's some stuff that you go, whoa, that's interesting, and there's a lot more of this kind of thing and less of this kind of thing, you know, and, and on one on one token, and it's great because it's, it's, it, 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 everybody's included, and it's great. It doesn't matter what you are what you have, who you are, you know, what, what it's great. But then in the same token, everybody's a little cautious. Everybody's being a little cautious. And I, I, I'm like, in this world, out of all worlds, we're going to have to worry about that here. You know, like, I'm, come on. But, you know, I, I realize as I, as, I get, I guess as I get older that I'm getting aged out as far as my sensibilities, the things that I believe in, the things that are important to me are, are, are no longer that way. Things are being subverted and everybody's getting a little bit more... Uh, more cautious and everybody's easily a lot more easily offended over things i i can't believe you know so i i, I you know when we when we put grand falloon together i said well how 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 to the wall we're we gonna do this and they were like let's do it let's just have a good time you know we like the stories we like the stories and that's that's how they ended up in there you know well thank god for those folks but yeah we definitely yeah, we definitely great. have other folks out there that you know they'll, they'll yeah. do it i think that's probably why and i i can't believe it's the only reason, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's a portion of people out there as editors that that's the very reason why they don't like to branch out and do anything is because they don't want to take the chance that they're going to have a bunch of people on on their butts about this and about that. Oh, I, I no, I agree. I mean, I I write for a, a site in England and uh, they published a couple of my story, uh, a couple of my my articles, and there was a big disclaimer beforehand <laughs> about, and it was had nothing. It was nothing. It just have to be that. I wrote the article from a hetero man's point of view because I'm a heterosexual male. And that the article was about whatever, I don't remember. And, and the disclaimer was something of, well, don't be offended by the use of the word penis here uh, because, you know, it's written by, you know, from, from, from a hetero male. And I'm like, you're, you're giving a disclaimer about that because somebody might read a word and be offended on a site that's about sex. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, like, where are we go moving the goalposts to? Who are we who are we protecting it? I, I I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to keep uh, the, the gay part of their audience from being disappointed. <laughs> I think they're trying. Well, you know what it is you, that's very interesting. You just say that. I think what they're trying to do is please everybody. And if you try to please everybody, you just bend so far backward that you know you end up you end up not creating anything. You just right. You're just trying to, you, right. You know, I I tell you know, I, I tell artists that all the time. If yeah. It, as a person, a person who's not an artist, and if that's how you want to operate in life, that's your business. But if you're yeah. an artist and you operate that way, 
you no longer become become an artist. You're actually just a politician, and we got plenty of them. We don't need any more. Yeah. Oh, the last thing we need is any more of them. Yeah, that's for sure. Because uh, that's what they do. That's their whole job to try to appease everybody, even though yeah. they already know it can't be done. It's really just a show game of moving this around and moving right. that around. But of as course. a as an artist, you you do have to make certain choices and you do have to make certain decisions, and you do have to stand on some things that you're doing and maybe even possibly defend it. But uh, I, I'm finding more in the arts now that that people don't want to do that, or, or they want oh. they want to they want to do something and say something and then run away from it. Like oh, I didn't mean it like yeah. that. I mean really. It's very skittish. Everybody's very skittish and very you know, oh you know God forbid we say that word and not that word and. And you know, make sure you include everybody and say this and and put all the all the all the letters on that. And and I'm I can't keep up. I get I, just, I get I, that sometimes from writers, and I have to reject yeah. them summarily. I say, listen, if you're going to send me a paragraph with your five poems that literally says, "Hey, audience, by the way, this is not about me and my husband and my marriage. It's just right, it's right, just right. a fantasy." I go, then I'm not even going to publish that because. I don't want to hear that crap. I mean, if you if you're going to be brave enough to write something, then you have to be brave enough to stand by it. Uh, it's just it, otherwise it, it, it don't, just, it don't just, send it, it here. It, then that's just crazy. I mean, what the hell is this? Well, it take it takes any of the it takes any of the, the teeth away from the thing, you know. Because you 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 kind of like you you castrate it, you know. It becomes I think the then it becomes such a such a like it has no meat to it. It has no merit. It has no it has none of your animus. It has none of your your whatever it happens to be because you're so worried about it. Because you're going nuts. Try if you try to try to make it so you don't offend anybody, you're never going to make anything because something's always going to offend somebody, you know. Yeah, well, and I I would say about that is, you know, and I say well I say I say all the time is like, it's just somebody's opinion. It's just somebody's writing. It doesn't. It's not like if you don't agree with it. So what do you care? Just somebody's opinion you have your own opinion who cares you know but people just get their back up i'm like wow is that sensitive i mean come on but i don't know again i don't, i'm from a, a different generation yeah well so I'm, maybe, I'm older maybe i'm older too so maybe uh we might have some agreement just for for that and i'm sure there's yeah i'm sure there's I, some yeah, generational stuff there but there's also you know th there's also a, a a level of being uh, fed up with some of the nonsense because the, oh, the, pro the problem with it is is that fiction can be fiction, but still contain a lot of truth because it's still coming from an authentic place. If you're doing something that's inauthentic, then what the hell do I need that for? Why would I going right. to respect that? And why are you even wasting anyone's time? And that's really the biggest problem I have with a lot of the writing that I have to yeah. often reject. I'm not really rejecting people who are bad writers. I'm rejecting people mm -hmm. that are simply right. cowards. And it's like you, you can't stand behind this or... Are you going to just come from something that that's so clearly fake? Why, why would I want to invest my time, well, that, time in that? That's a great. That that is really a great way of saying it. If if you just if you're yeah, because I I don't have, I really don't have time for that. You know that that's that's that if you just stand by your convictions. And again, if you write if you create something and I don't like it, that's on me, right? But at least if you you went into a full hog, full hog and like this is what I believe in, great. That's great, but like at least stand behind it. At least that's the least you could do. And you know, if, if you're going to be like, well, I, I I don't want to make that move because that I may say that, and I'll be uh, that you know, if I go I go on Twitter, I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. I'm like, you know, don't even bother getting up in the morning, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we get a lot of that, and that that's one of the, yeah. the hardest jobs of being an editor. And I see why a lot of editors sometimes 
they just want to shy away from so many things because they don't want yeah. to, they don't want to confront things or they don't want to put themselves on record. But to me, again, if you going to be an editor you're going to be able to help uh, promote and, and push good stuff you're going to have to also push away some people that are, that they're not ready for prime time and they're certainly not ready yeah, for whatever. art they just want to be a politician i'm like well right go, right go to the hoa meeting in your neighborhood next week and talk all that fake crap but this is an art journal and i don't want to hear that yeah i'm the same way and, and, and I, again i i don't i don't usually get in bed with anybody that i'm not comfortable with like the people grandpa that i'm comfortable with uh, the other people that I work for or, or for or with, I don't really I I just don't bother because it's just it's too hard to, to try to find, you know, the middle ground sometimes. So I just figured, well, let me start with people that I kind of know, kind of share the same sensibilities. And uh, and, and, and again, I, I, I'd be like you. I'm not going out of my way to specifically offend anybody. That's the least thing I want. I, I want readership. I want people to come to Grand Falloon. So we're not going out of our way to offend anybody, but I want to make the stories as true as possible to the, what the writer wanted. So as far as I'm concerned, this is the, what the writer wanted. It looked good to us. It read well. It fit in. We figured, well, this is going to make the magazine. And, you know, if somebody reads it that doesn't like it, well, I don't know what to tell you. You know, that's just we did our job. You know, And, and that's all you can do. And that's OK, because. Yeah. If you're offering a publication that just has one story, I mean, literally just one story, and people are yeah. disappointed with that, that's one thing. But you know, if you're offering a, you know, an entire menu of you know, 10, 15 stories, poems, art, and everything else, there is mm. going to be something there because of the quality of standard you have that that person who didn't like this one story, they might find uh, something else wonderful in the magazine you know, to justify their time and, and their expense and, and all of that. That's you. That's usually the case. I, I know we really find so many people that say, I hated everything in that magazine. It's not normally the case. Right, true. And, I mean, I think that was another thing I was conscious of, to make sure that there was enough variety there within the context of what it was about, you know, the overall concept of the magazine this time. But make sure there was enough variety in the artwork and in the, uh, and the, the stuff we accepted what it was, what it was about, you know, that I think is a good read. I think there's there's some there's some goofy stuff and funny stuff and short stuff and long stuff and there's some very deep, you know, deep thought kind of stuff and there's time travel and there's like a classic science fiction story from way, way back. So I think I think you're going to be able to find something you like or like a couple of things you like, you know. Um, if not all of it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally with it, there, folks. Okay, you got yeah. some, you got some Canadian big brains, and you combine, <laughs> combine that with some sex and some time travel, I mean, you got a nice combination. What else do you need? Exactly. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, you got some great artwork, and you know, and yeah, I, no, I agree. And then, and the way they put the, you know, the way they put the, the, the magazine together with, with such conviction, um, it really makes a difference. You know, you know, you're in good hands. You know. Yeah, I like I like that. You you're saying that you you're living in New Jersey, but you you're not originally from there, right? Oh yeah, born and bred. Oh wow. I live in the same house I lived in since I was four. Get out! Wow. I've lived in this house for 56 years. I like that. Yeah, I'm I'm from oh, yeah. I'm from New Jersey too, but I haven't lived there in forever. So. Oh yeah, this is yeah. this. I'm not I'm not leaving. I love New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, I I know there's a lot there's a lot bad about it, of course, but like anywhere. But no, I'm I'm born and bred. <laughs> wow, well, that's well, that's cool. That's cool. We got a. I, yeah. I just uh, had an interview a couple months ago with a, a, a Michael Abato, and he's um, from New Jersey. He lives. He's been living in Belgium now for thirty years. But uh, like oh, me, wow. cool. he's a military guy, so he travels around the world and lives oh, somewhere okay. else. But 
Yeah, he was also from New Jersey as well. And, yeah, you uh, can smell it on us. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's, I went to a concert in Pennsylvania, which isn't far from New Jersey, and I was I was I had dinner at this place, which was next to the concert place, and this guy kept looking at me, and I kept looking at him, like I knew this guy from somewhere, you know. So later on, he comes up to me, and he goes, "Do I know you?" And I said, "I don't think so." He goes, and he mentioned where he was from, and he lives he literally lives a town over from where I live. And I said, you smell it on me, don't you? He goes, oh, yeah, I, I knew that. You were from the area, quote, unquote. You know? And I'm like, first of all, North Jersey, North Jersey specifically, you smell it on you. You know that anywhere. Yeah. I'm, you know, that's, our accents. That's, right, that's, where I'm, that's where I'm from. Yeah. I'm, I'm originally from Hoboken. There you go. So, so you, you know it on us. But it's funny, this guy knew I was from Jersey and, like, literally in his neighborhood. I was a town over. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I can just tell by looking at you. I'm like, I don't know how, don't know how that's possible. Oh. But I guess that, you know, it's funny. But I don't, I don't, and not, not to, not to two Jersey so much, but I don't find that anywhere else. I only find that with, with like, I go, been other places in the country, other places in the world, and somebody will say, Jersey, right? I'm like, yeah. I don't know how they know. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. Well, you know? I, I had someone, yeah. I had someone ask me that. Yeah. A while back, because they wanted to know what is the problem between New Jersey and New York, and I explained to them that I said, "Listen, when you live in New Jersey, okay, all you hear about is this crap about New York, good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. That's all you hear: New York, New York, New York, New York, right? Right. So right. when you're living in New Jersey, especially when you're visiting New York, that's on your mind. So you understand that you got to be smarter, you got to be faster, you got to <laughs> you got to kick more ass because if you don't. You, you, either you're going to be crushed by somebody from New York, or, or they won't even remember where you're from because it's New York, yeah, New York, New yeah. York. So I go, so yeah. that that puts us on, on an edge, and it makes us a, a, a lot more rougher the crowd than than, than New York is because that's true. New Yorkers will will bend backwards to try to pretend they're more polite because they know they got that that bad reputation as being rude. Yeah, yeah. We're New Jersey people. We don't give a crap. We're rude. We, and we too don't bad. care. Yeah, no, too bad. It's, it's gonna. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, this is the way it is. Exactly. And, and that's kind of, that, and that's our attitude all the time. We're just kind of like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like <laughs> the security guard grabs you. Hey, man, what are you taking a piss behind the mall for? I go, well, because the bathroom's filled up. But what the hell do you want me well, to do? You know, point A to point B, you know, like I, that's just what, we're, what we I, and I've been, you know, uh, quite a bit of places. And people will say to me, not just the accent, but they'll say to me. The sarcasm, like they can't, they can't pick up on the sarcasm, and I'm like, I'm not being sarcastic, but they think you are, you know. <laughs> so it's just funny, but but Jersey is, you're right about Jersey. Jersey is un, and especially North Jersey, it's unlike anywhere else, you know. It's very funny. So you know, maybe that helps in my editing with Grand Falloon. I don't know, maybe the fact that I have that sensibility, I could cut through this stuff a little easier, you know. But I got to tell you, most of what we got, we took because it was all great. It was all great. Yeah, and then that's great. But, you know, they, they uh, and I don't mean to be stereotypical, but I swear they are the stereotypical Canadians. And I've met a lot of Canadians, especially since my wife's from Buffalo, so we visited okay. a, a lot. And I swear to God, I never met a Canadian that was rude. I grabbed one one time. I said, can you curse this once? Just, just to make <laughs> me feel better about Canada. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I, 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 I don't really yeah. curse a lot. I'm like, Christ. <laughs> Yeah, I work with a, I work with a friend, a girl that lives in Nova Scotia, and uh, she's the same way. And we're writing we're writing very specific uh, sex toy details, and uh, and you know, so we have to get down and dirty sometimes with descriptions and what we got to go back and forth with. And she's the sweetest girl in the world, she's the sweetest, nicest person. And I think that's true about Canada. I don't think I don't think they have an ability to be to be mean, you know. 
which is interesting. I know. I'm, I, I want a few to be mean now and then, but I, I haven't been yeah. able to figure it out yet. They don't have it. They don't. They don't have it in them. And you know, they're never going to rise to what you're what you're used to what, from where you come from. You know, they're never going to get close to that. You know, that's funny. Yeah, I know they, they're they're not, but it's great. I got um, one of my other editors on uh, Aerial Charters from Canada, so you know, always I always joke around with her. But she's a real world traveler too, so I think she knows mm-hmm. uh, the Canadian reputation. I mean, I mean, it, it's it's to the point, and not even to make a joke, but it's the point where the Iranians are like, uh, no, we don't want to take Canadians as hostages. Nobody hates them. What the hell's the point of that? <laughs> I know. They're like, just go yeah, home. Why, yeah, just go back to right, Toronto. Yeah, go bring me right, an American, why, please. Right, yeah. Why bother? These people are way too nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to, and like I'm like I'm like you. You know, you, you born and bred, you know, a certain place, and you lived a certain place. But you, you know, my my first my first reaction always is like a little bit not defensive, but you know, I just play it back a little bit. But they're just very open, very very open, very sweet, very open. I'm like, couldn't be nicer. Couldn't be nicer people to work with. No, you know? it's just it's funny because I I I, got, I used to visit the shore. You know, that's what, yeah. that's what we call it in Jersey, meaning we're going down yeah. to the beach area. And yeah, you know, while, while I still live there, and um, I, 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 I'd hear somebody or I'd notice somebody or, you know, being uh, being polite and, and full of manners. And I'm like, oh, that must be a Canadian tourist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know? this person is not from Jersey. My, my, girl, my girl would be like, Mark, huh? You sure they're not from Wisconsin? I'm like, no, they're, they're, they're Canadian, yeah. okay? Yeah, we could tell. And there's a level, you know, like Wisconsin could be very sweet. And you, know, you go out of the you go out of the Jersey area, you do meet people are definitely have a different attitude. But you're right, Canada's a whole different thing, a whole different. You know, same like in England, I find the English are very polite, polite and sweet, but they could be slogging you off. They just they just do it in a virus polite sweet oh way. yeah they, they, and they can be kind yeah. of rough too i, 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 I very spend, very rough i spend time in yeah. london and and the guy comes up to me because you know uh, he knew i'm a yank and he's like uh yeah hey uh we were wondering uh the guys over here we're wondering uh when you're gonna give back the colonies <laughs> you know yeah right and they, they yeah they could be that and, way and, and i was like well um I'll give you back eleven of them if you could just turn over scary spice to me. Okay, we could do a right, trade right. on that, but uh, I'm going to keep the other two. All right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's funny how in every place it has it has their way of being, you know. And the more you travel, and that's what's great about travel, right? You get to see people and and understand that you're not your little part of the world is not the only part of the world there is, you know. Um, and you get to learn about that, and that that's a wonderful thing, and that's great too because nowadays you were just saying this too, you know, with the way publications are. They're coming from all over, and you can grab them from all over. I had a I had a poetry uh, collection that was published in India, India. Like, how would I ever get to India? The reason I got there is because through, you know, the internet. Yeah. So Grand Falloon, Grand Falloon goes all over. I mean, so it's good that we have these experiences because we can experience a lot of parts of the world that maybe we never get to see. Uh, you know, and I, I agree. It's real. It's real important because um, yeah, right now because of the internet, it is bringing across a, a lot of cultures that normally wouldn't yeah. be in, in, in contact with. And people forget. Yeah. Forget. You don't have to go to an atlas to realize that India has over 800 million people, and almost all of them speak English. So guess what? Yeah, it's I, 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 my my podcast it continues to grow, and a lot of the growth is coming from people from India. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, talk to yeah. a few Indians, send some emails, and then they'll, they'll try to get a couple other their friends on board because Bacard Pass are becoming real popular now in India. People listen to them on the bus or in the taxi or at work yeah, or yeah. something. 
and you know a lot of them speak English, so it, it really helps. I even did an entire show on India one time, a podcast just about India and its basic history and things that people need to know about that. So uh, yeah, and South Africa is another country. There's a number of countries out there that uh, you know English has a, a real a real strong hold. Yeah, and um, right. I got a lot of people from Portugal. I didn't realize it was such a, a British expatriate community over there. And a lot of them listen to my show because I'm like, I thought Portuguese people really didn't speak English. But apparently uh, a lot of the expatriates do. They're from England or America yeah. or Canada. So Yeah, we yeah we found the same. With our podcast, we found uh, India and uh, Budapest and, uh, I mean, Ireland and, you know, France, which that didn't surprise me because, but then like, uh, Budapest and and uh, India. We had we, India was another concentration. So it's interesting how the English gets all over, and and people are comfortable enough with it to be able to read or listen to a podcast. It's really interesting to think how far it can stretch. You know? Yeah, it's it's just been a it's been a good tool to help uh, me spread the word out about writing. Uh, yeah, talk about absolutely. some things that I normally wouldn't wouldn't do on on aerial chart because you know. An hour show could be like ten pages that I don't have to write. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so that's great right. too. Exactly, exactly. And then you can go to some places that I normally wouldn't be able to do. I try not to get too genre on on the literary journal, but on the podcast, you know, I can have an entire literary show about Dune, which is genre, mm -hmm. right. but still I make it intellectual and interesting. Or yeah, you I know, got you. We did a little right. bit about the. You know, the the creator of Twilight Zone. We did one about Star Trek. I'm, I'm going to be doing a Battlestar Galactica one this, this month. Mm -hmm. so, you know, things like that, that we could still have some interesting and fun times with it. But we don't have to get so commercial that, we, you know, we're boring ourselves to death. We can sound yeah. we can sound intelligent and literary and talk about some of the, you know, creative things that happen on the show. And, you know, what pushed this yeah. and what pushed that. I'm probably not going to do one about Star Wars because I, I always felt Star Wars really didn't... Uh, it, it just never intellectually uh, connected to me like uh, some of the other shows did. I, I, just, mm -hmm, right, I never right. really got that as much. It just seemed to be a little bit watered down. But no, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not against it. I just I can't I can't put out a podcast about Soros in my mind yet because, you know. Yeah. I, I'm just talking about some weirdo dressing black cutting people's heads off with a sword. I mean. Right, right. You know, I could just talk about samurai all day. Then what do I need this guy right, for? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, George Lucas borrowed like everything. I don't know if he had one original thought in his mind. You know? That's true, right? <laughs> God bless him, but that's, that's pretty much what he hey, did. Hey, yeah, and 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 the big sell to Disney because he, he did well with at the end of the day. Yeah, because so. even he got he tired really of it. He goes, "Just buy it and get even get out of here." Yeah, right. Just get out for like fifty billion dollars yeah, or whatever it was. Give it yeah, to Disney. Yeah, let me just get out of here. What's oh, the D two's getting on my nerves? That's enough. Right. Yeah, that's enough of that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So talk a little bit about the um, – because I know you had said you had 14 uh, various titles on, on children's uh, books. Yeah. So what kind of like age group are we talking about, it, and, and what are you actually writing about about children? Well, it's there, there's an original series called – it's it's all based on Echo City Capers. So there's a place called Echo City that we that Joe created, my, my buddy created, and uh, and some characters there. And we started with like kind of like super funny kind of superhero stuff. And then that was the original six. So that's for like like ages like seven and up, you know, eight up, like people who would read Dog Man and Captain Underpants and the bad guys. But when, you, when you're then, saying echo, is it like the echo of a sound, or you mean like yeah. like like echo, recycling echo, trash or something? Echo. No, like a sound because oh, echo because okay. our main our main our main hero is Night Bat. Night bats have echo. Okay, you know? gotcha. So anyway, and then then we then we 
we came out with a, a younger line of books that for kids, little, you know, little kids, younger readers. And uh, those are standalone. Sometimes they have the same characters but that we have in the other books, but those are stand kind of stand, all the books are standalone, but these are more standalone books and they do very well. They're they they sell really well, which is uh, pretty interesting. But it is a big market for kids' books, uh, you know, full color, you know, uh, illustrated children's books. So we've done that. And one of those titles, one of those titles was published in a magazine in India, actually. And then we have you know, four or five of those titles. Then we have, uh, you know, books of coloring books and, and uh, activity. We call them activity books. So we have uh, we've published, like I said, 14 at this point of the various different books. And uh we we sell them around as much as we can. But like I said, we're looking for, a, in order to get to nec- the next level, we have to find a you know some a publisher that's going to be able to distribute them beyond what we could do. You gotcha. know, mm-hmm. we sell them at art fairs. We go to Crayola. There's a Crayola in Pennsylvania. We go to Crayola Experience, and we sell them at bookstores and we sell them you know at Comic Cons and all that kind of stuff. But in order to make the next jump, we have to, you know, we have to make we have to make a substantial. Uh, entry into into uh, you know like a publisher like Scholastic or whatever you know, uh, which is what we're working on now. Which is you know you know how you know how difficult that is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's what we're that's what we're kind of that's where that's at. All right, Echo City, huh? Kind of cool. Echo, Definitely. Echo City Capers. Yeah, I just thought I, first, I thought it was just you know like you know you know green power and solar panels you know and all that sort of stuff. No, 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 yeah, no. We've got a lot of no, Echo stuff out there. No, no. This is this is echo as 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 in the word like echoing, echo city capers, and you can find it online that way. And also, it's about no, it's really silly. Most of the stuff is based on like like Looney Tunes. It has like that that feel, you know, Buster Keaton cartoons, very silly, uh, you know, slapsticky fun stuff. Um, not a lot, not a lot of messages and morals because kids don't need that. I don't think, <laughs> and it's just a lot of fun. It's, that's what we want to do. We just want to make it fun, you know. That's it. Don't eat the crayons, but eat cheeseburgers, okay? All right. Yeah, right. Well, that's fine. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's as good a message as any. There you go. That's about as moral as I'm going to get on this show. <laughs> that's good. Works for me. All right, Ralph. I really appreciate you being on the show, and uh, I think we had a oh, good overview of everything oh, that you're yeah. doing. And, uh, folks, definitely you. you want to check out that uh, that issue that's coming out from Grand Falloon. You'll, you'll see that at org, I believe, on the Internet. So um, yeah. and, and it also has an online edition. So um, yes, yes, you can actually uh, read other works on other issues that this magazine has had. Uh, you can check out what he's done. My name is Mark Anton Rousey. I got a got a nice uh, story over there about military Germany uh, that we did on the first uh, issue. So and there's plenty of other people on there that you'll really love, but they'll kind of give you a sense of of the quality. You'll see some artwork. Yeah. Um, a lot of magazines are not really dedicated to art as much as this one is, so that's that's interesting in, yes. in itself. Yeah. So that's that's. They do a great job. Yeah, that's really uh really something else how they do that. They really incorporated it in there, and it's just not. Mm-hmm. They just didn't throw it slapdash. They they're serious about right. incorporating it and taking it just as seriously and just as equally as as other other forms of art, which is it, it's I it's agree. a nice thing to to see there. So that's grandfalloon.org. This is Ralph uh, Greco Jr. Uh, check out his Echo City books. Um, I, I don't know any of the titles of of any of his um, porn or <laughs> or, just, or erotica, just look up. but uh, if you look up his name, you'll probably be able to find some stuff. Uh, yeah, I'll find my stuff, and I have a music site too. It's Ralph Greco Music. 
So uh, R A L P H G R E C O M U S I C music. There so you go. We, we, we got Jersey Central over here in this show practically in the last couple of years, but I'm I'm always yeah, happy to find cool. some people, especially people that have uh, grown up in, in kind of my environment and wondering what they're doing autistically, and it's amazing everybody's doing something different. So it doesn't matter yeah, where you I'm come afraid. from, you could all be doing something different. Although you might That's have true. that one, you know, one connection. Everything else is. As individualistic, and I appreciate that. All right, Ralph, thank you very much. All right, folks. Thank uh, you, buddy. I, I really appreciate your support. Remember, we got that Battlestar Galactica episode coming up later here in, in June. Um, I'm still, of course, always working on putting another interview to, or two together. It's always about scheduling and and always about uh, the intelligence and kindness of, of people that want to do this. I, I tell you that right now, without having to make anybody's head uh, spin or explode, it, it does take a, a measure, I feel anyway, of, of of courage, of suppressing even your fear to be on a show for a little while. Because, you know, sometimes people, they can get nervous. They listen to the show enough, especially the interviews. They'll see that uh, we, we don't do any gotcha here. We're respectful with people. We take it serious. And, you know, we try to elevate the person that we have on the show. It's not about, you know, making anybody feel weird. So hopefully I did that again with this show. <laughs> I, I, that is the goal anyway. And, right, and, right. and Ralph, I, I really appreciate you helping elevate thank the you. show by by your presence. And hopefully, we'll have oh, you again you so uh, in the future if you don't mind coming back I love on. It. No, anytime, anytime. All right, folks. All right, folks. God bless, Ralph. Uh, God bless as well. You take care and thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.